0: You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now, we hope that you enjoy this message. Well, for you ladies, you're a poem. You are a work of art. God's own handiwork, recreated in Christ Jesus. This is talking about people that are born again born from above, that you may do good works which God predestined, planned beforehand. Before you were even born, he knew. For you, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that you would walk in them, living the good life. How many of you would like to live the good life? Which he prearranged and made ready for us. Do you know the good life is ready for you to live but it's not necessarily what the world would call a good life. Because unless it's a God life, it's not a good life. And the God life isn't always good in the sense of the circumstances are always good. How I many of you know that? Amen. Pastor Willie likes to say, just because he comes to Jesus doesn't mean everything's going to be all right. <laughs> um, so we do have trials. We do have a process. But I want you to know this. You can't live the good life without living the God life. Look at the person next to you and say, you can't live the good life until you live the God life. And say, by the way, you look great today. Have you been working out? <laughs> In Jeremiah 29.11, we, we love to talk about Jeremiah 29.11, which says, I know the plans I have for you. God talking to. I just bring it to me. (laughs) She wants to preach at me, so I can preach to you. Okay. White Toyota Venza. Somebody just smash your car to pieces. No, just kidding. White. (laughs) White Toyota Venza. You just need to move it. That's all. Somebody's hitting it with a bat right now. Hurry up, move it. Okay, there she goes. That was good, wasn't it? Um, he's saying to a people that are in captivity, God knows the plans that he has for you. For good, not evil, future, hope, to be prosperous, and successful, all that stuff, right? So God knows the good plans he has for you. The question is, do you? Do you? See, I'm working with the handheld today. Yeah, a little change up the old school. I was at the men's meeting yesterday, they didn't have it. So I was like, ah! I just came out with the mic. But um, God knows the plans that he has for you. Do you? He has a plan for you. And he has planted that plan in your heart. The question is, do you know what it is? Do you dream? How many of you here dream? How many of you sometimes do you dream and it actually comes true? I was dreaming the other day that my wife was mad at me. I woke up, it was true. <laughs> she says I was snoring again. Like I'll just be sleeping. All of a sudden I'm like, what? Why, why, what? And then I turn and she's like pretends like she's sleeping. I go, What happened? <laughs> Something happened. Guys, anybody here? Ever? You got you two? Everybody. And then when she snores, it's like <gasps> And then it stops, and you're like, geez, I can't even get her back. But (laughs) I'm lost. All right, dreaming, dreaming. And whenever I think of dreamers, and whenever I think of going through stuff, and whenever I think of faithfulness, I think of my namesake, Joseph. Every time I hear the name Joseph, I remember what it means. It means God will add to you. I love that. Every time I hear my name, it's like God's going to add like when my wife used to call me up and say, "Honey," I was like, "What again? Another kid? <laughs> Stop calling me!" God wants to add to you. Joseph was a dreamer. Let's look in Genesis chapter thirty-seven. Joseph had a dream that his brothers—he <laughs> had eleven brothers. Imagine that house at dinner time, twelve boys. Jeez, I'm—I'm—I got two sons and I'm scrambling for a hamburger. Imagine 12. So he had a dream that they were going to bow down to him. It was a dream God gave him. And then what he did, he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. They already hated him because he was his father's favorite. How many of you know sometimes when you have a dream and you tell people, they're not like all excited about your dream? Come on. Honey, the Lord's telling me to start a church. You're crazy. She hated me even more. She hated me before that. She had good reason. So she hated me more when I told her my dream. Now she loves me more and more every day. It's just growing, 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 blossoming like a beautiful flower. Right? (laughs) Just checking. (laughs) You know, when you have a dream, when God gives you a dream, it's going to be something that sounds impossible or it's not God. It's gonna be something that's bigger than your little mind can imagine, where it's not God. And when you tell people, don't expect everybody to go, yeah, can't wait. Some of my closest friends in Christ deserted us when we said that God called us to start a church. Because they looked at us like, that's just Joe and Alicia. But no, it's more than that, it's a calling, it's a calling from God. God is the one that gives you the desires of your heart. It says in Psalm 37.4 that he will give you the desires of your heart. So if it's a God dream and it's your dream, it's a dream that can't be stopped. If it's a God dream and it's your dream, it's a dream that can't be stopped. The question is, what do you do when you're in the prison? What do you do when you're in the pit? Here's the thing about Joseph, you know. His father already makes him a, a coat of many colors, right? He gets this really nice coat above all his brothers. So they know he's their favorite. He knows, that, you know what? Don't ever favor your kids. Don't ever do that. I try not to. Sometimes you have a favorite, but never let it be known. But Joseph, <laughs> my favorite kids are the, the ones that are in church today. I mean, my kids, oh, you're my favorites. (laughs) But, uh, you know, Jacob favored Joseph. And not only does he give him this coat to let everybody know he's the favorite, but then Joseph has a dream that all his brothers are going to bow down to him. And he has the nerve to tell them the dream. That's the thing about Joseph. It's just like, to Joseph, it was just a matter of fact. His dream was just, it wasn't something that he even doubted or even thought twice about talking about it. What's your dream? Do you talk about it? I'm not talking about your little dream that you just say to everybody, oh, that's my little dream. No, no. I'm talking that dream that's deep down buried in your spirit that you barely talk about because you're afraid people would think you're crazy. How many of you have a dream like that? There you go. When are you going to start talking about it? Because if you talk about it and don't worry about what people think about it and don't worry about what the circumstances are, then it's a real dream then it's a God dream. People will hate you for it. Don't worry. Many people hated me for what I did. I get hates here and there, a little bit of hate back and forth about, you know, who you do you think you are? You're a, you know, it's okay. If there's no opposition, it's not a dream of God. There will always be opposition. But to Joseph, his dream was a matter of fact. It was a God-given dream. Wherever he went, he talked about it. He never worried about it. He just spoke it like it was. Listen, you dreamed that you'd marry a white man, Jamie. You, you, you must have. You dreamed that you would marry a white guy. Congratulations on 11 years of marriage. I, I just love it when she calls him her white boy. I just, I can't. She's Cuban, so we're all afraid of her, and uh, (laughs) she says whatever she wants, and God bless you guys. God bless you. You know how Jamie got to this church? She was in Panera going to get a cup of coffee, and there was a white girl online named, Pastor (laughs) Felicia talking about church. And they started talking, and then Jamie started coming out, and then we dragged the white boy here. Amen? I was in the car with Dwayne yesterday, young man Dwayne Garnett, and uh, we were talking. He goes, "I was telling, like all the men that are here." He goes, "You know what you do in your church? You drag the men out to church. You drag (laughs) the husbands out here. That's what you do." I go, "Yeah." And is that a problem? (laughs) Whatever we do to get them here. So Joseph's dream was a matter of fact, but understand this: God is with you, and His favor is on you. Jacob's coat, the multicolored coat that he put on Joseph, represents the fact that we're clothed in Christ and the multicolors, the multifaceted manifold of grace and gifts that are on us. And what they did is his brothers sold him, they threw him in a pit, they took his colored coat that God had put on And and the real Hebrew word of this coat means that the coat went to his extremities, covered him. That's the real root of the word. And you are covered with an anointing from God. You are covered with a manifold graces of God. You have many gifts, but you also have dominant gifts. Some of you are blue gifts. Some of you are green gifts. God forbid some of you are orange gifts. How many of you here wear orange? Oh, there's actually somebody wearing orange. I'm sorry. I don't want to offend you. There's yellow gifts and black gifts and blue gifts and white and purple. We all are uniquely gifted. Yesterday, when we were at the Madness Conference, and uh, different pastors were talking about this and that, that churches should be multicultural and multidiversity. And, and when I got up, I said, Look at Grace Church. That's who we are. Look around. You want to see a rainbow? It's like the rain just left and the sun is shining. When you look around this church, take a look around. Amen. We got it all. We got Jamaican pastors. We got Italian pastors. I'm looking for an Irish pastor. Can I get an Irish? (laughs) Multicultural, multifaceted gifts. We all have it. And so they took the coat and they dipped it in blood. They brought it back to the father. And they said, look. Joseph got killed by a wild animal. And then Joseph was in the pit. They sold him into Potiphar's house. He was the master from Egypt, had a bunch of servants. So Joseph ends up in Potiphar's house. Let's put up the next scripture, Genesis chapter 39. Even when Joseph got to Potiphar's house, it says the Lord was with him. Listen, God has given you a dream. When you know what his dream is, understand this. He's with you. He is with you. If God is with you, what can be against you? Nothing. If our God is for us, what could stand against us? I, I got that wrong, but anyway, when, when our worship team sings that, and we got one heck of a worship team, amen? When they sing that, when they sing that, they always hear me. I go, nothing, nothing. Nothing that can stand against us when he's with us. And it says he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master. Even when he was a slave, the Lord was with him. Even when he was a slave, he was successful. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And the Lord made all that he did to prosper. Oh, here comes religious ears now. When you hear the word prosperity in church, you get the wrong opinion. You think of green. You think of money. You think of... Preachers that are stealing. You think of all this stuff. And yes, it does go on. ain't happening here. I don't need it. I don't need it. But I will say this. That word prosperity is not about money. Part of it is about money. But it's not all about money. It's the Hebrew word salak. Say it. Salak. Does that sound like money to you? No, say it again, salak. How about a with spit? Spit on somebody, right? Salak. Yesterday I noticed I was spitting. I was like, does anybody need like plastic there as I'm preaching? You know, remember that comedian who used to break fruit, you know, and splurt it all over? I was like, sometimes, you know, that's why we keep the chairs back. You thought we kept the chairs back for another reason? It's so I don't spit on you. Did you ever get spit on by a preacher? Come on, be honest now. It wasn't me, was it? The Lord was with him, but the Lord made all he did to Salach. And what does that mean? To make progress, to advance. Chaplain Willie was with us yesterday. I like he's got the best stories. I gotta go with him tonight to preach to Jason Kid, the Nets, and the Bucks. And and for some reason, it's like, yes, I was just like so nervous. I'm like, honey, somebody handed me a note this morning and said, The Lord is with you, don't worry. All right, thanks for preaching back at me. You're right. But he was saying, next year, are you going to be here? Are you going to be here? Are you going to be here? Because don't think you're going to be all the way there. Start with a little bit. Make some progress. See, the reason people give up on their dream is because they're not making any progress. It doesn't always happen all at once. When we bring a couple in and we minister to them, the first thing I say is, are you praying together? No, and the butt, butt, but, butt, butt, and all the butt, 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 and I say, Get your butt out of the way. If you can't pray together, you can't make any progress. Sometimes you just need a win. Just need a win. How is a losing streak stopped? With one win. Are you making progress? Or are you complaining of why your dream isn't coming to pass? Listen, during the process, make some progress. During the process, make some progress. Because then you'll get... Your faith will grow and your faith will grow and your faith will grow. And you'll go towards the dream. Because a lot of people dream and a lot of people talk but not a lot of people walk. I said a lot of people dream and a lot of people talk but not a lot of people walk. If you dream and you talk but you don't walk you'll never have your dream. Yeah, you should be clapping now. Because that's good preaching. Because there's a lot of Christians, oh, this is what my dream is, Pastor Joe. It happens to me every week for years. This is my dream. This is my dream. This is my dream. This is my dream. Do it. It's one thing to dream. It's another thing to talk. But it's another thing to walk. Honey, you got to start a church? Honey, I told you. I talked it and I had to do it every week. I had to do it every week with one person, five people, two people, eight people, one person, two people, whatever it was. But I was walking. And so when one person got saved, our church doubled to two. And then maybe next week they invited a couple. Then there was four. Then maybe one people got saved and it grew by 20%. And there was five. And now there's over 400. And Guess what? Guess what? That's not my dream. I'm still in the process. To me, that's a step. I want to see 400 saved in a week. Don't get mad at me. Go ahead. ahead. You want to be Joseph's brother? You want to get mad at me? I don't care because then I know it's right. Because guess what? You don't own my dream. I own it. You don't own my dream. I own it. And it's God's dream, and it's my dream, and I'm gonna make progress, and I'll make progress, make progress. How much did they say we needed to start a drug rehab? A million dollars. How much did we have? Nothing. We started giving scholarships, which basically means we let people come to our rehab for nothing. That's what we did. We just said we gotta make progress, gotta make progress. I made make progress. Before you know it, now we're giving away real scholarships. We were then, but you had to start somewhere. You had to dream. You had to stay with the dream. Doesn't matter what they say. Got to stay with it. Got to keep making progress. Dreaming and talking is easy. Walking isn't. Dreaming and talking isn't easy, but walking isn't. Many people dream and many people talk. Very few walk. Amen? I'm not mad. So what happened? He prospers. He prospers there. And what happens? Then, Pontifer's wife, the devil uses a woman. It's very rare. By the way, ladies, I'm not scared of you. Okay. Well, I'm actually scared of you. That's about it. <laughs> well, you're the pastor of the women. <laughs> but um, so what happens? Pontifer's wife sees Joseph. Now, of course, his name is Joseph, so he's good looking. And it said that he was a really good looking Joseph. You know, Michael Antonio Martin took a picture of my son yesterday, and he put it on Facebook. <laughs> And Michael Martin goes like this. He goes, oh, I love this. I'm having so much fun right now. He goes, this is what Michael Martin, and we, you, Michael Martin is a great photographer. Don't we have the best photographer on earth? I'm milking it. I'm milking it. I'm milking this. And he goes, I saw Joey Adavi, son of Pastor Joseph and Alicia Adavi." And uh, I saw his penetrating eyes, and I thought I would take a picture of him. But he didn't mention he was going to put it on Facebook, did he, son? But I ask you, don't I have penetrating eyes? (laughs) Are you sufficiently embarrassed right now? Right, you can take the picture off. Put it up later during the altar call. When I say, will you receive Jesus today? I had to have fun with that. It's too funny. Penetrating eyes. Gets that from me. But Potiphar's wife saw Joseph. And she, she went after him. And Joseph said no. Think about Joseph's situation. This wasn't an easy no. He's a slave. He's been been sold away. Here he is in Potiphar's house, and Potiphar's wife wants him. A lot of men might give in to that. But Joseph stayed faithful where he was. Because I want to tell you this, and Pastor Dorian yesterday, who was awesome, we're bringing him in to preach here, he was great. He said, you got to be ready at all times you got to be ready for when God's going to take you out of the prison. But you want to have God with you. Listen, when you're living in sin, you're, you're shutting out the Holy Ghost. You're grieving the Holy Spirit. His presence is that You're not even aware of his presence. Yes, maybe he's with you because you got saved. But you're dousing him. You're grieving him. Amen? Joseph wanted no part of that. He knew God was with him. He was covered in Christ. He was covered in multifaceted giftings. He was prosperous in everything he did. He didn't sell it for a woman. So he got falsely accused, and he went to prison. Here is the key, though, to this whole thing about when this woman went after Joseph. Joseph said this. He said, I will not sin against you. No, he said, I will not sin against God. Because he understood that it was God. Mm. Verse 20, it says, and then he went to prison. We know that he was falsely accused and he was put into prison. How many of you know sometimes you do the right thing and things get worse? (laughs) Come on. Boss asks you to do something unethical. You say no. You lose your promotion. Think about it. You're doing your taxes. You know, if you do this certain thing, you'll get more money back. You don't do it. And then you're like, boy, I really could have used that money. Think about it. Sometimes doing the right thing puts you in a worse situation. And that's what happened to Joseph. Next thing you know, he's thrown into prison. But you know, Pontifer, he knew all the time. But sometimes bad things happen to good people. It says he was there in the prison. Guess who was with him in the prison? the Lord. Wherever Joseph went, the Lord was. Do you know you can't shake God? Once he's with you, he's with you. So just welcome it. Because if God is for you, nothing can be against you. And he got mercy in the prisons and in the prison, and he got what? He got favor in the prison. Doesn't matter where you are, you'll get favor if you're faithful to God. Because Proverbs 28 20 says, That the faithful man, what? Shall abound with blessings. Listen, God is with you. His anointing is on you. Stay faithful no matter what. Stay faithful no matter what. And God will be with you, and he will make you have progress towards the dream. Progress in the process. Hallelujah. So you might be saying, but you don't understand, Pastor Joe. This, I, I, I'm at the worst point of my life. Okay. Joseph was in a pit. He thought that was the worst. Then he went to prison. He falsely accused. That must have been the worst. Guess what? God was with him, caused him to prosper, and he stayed faithful to who he was and to his calling. Listen to me. Sometimes the only thing you can do is put your head down and say, I'm staying faithful. I'm staying faithful. I'm staying faithful no matter what. I'm going to walk the talk. I'm going to walk the dream. So here's what happens. He's in prison, and then Genesis chapter 40, the story of the butler and the baker. The butler and the baker worked in Pharaoh's court. It says that they offended Pharaoh, and they got thrown in jail. How many of you get offended sometimes? How many of you would like to throw that person in jail? Keep that hand up. You know what I'm talking about. Guess what? Here's what the Lord just dropped into me. When you're offended and you don't forgive, you have put that person in jail. In here. I used to tell my wife, you know, when she didn't forgive me. It was very rare. Um, I used to say, if you don't forgive me, then I, I, I can't be free. It's like I'm in prison. It's like if there was no Grace. And all your sin was counted against you. There's nothing you can do to get out of that jail card. You don't have a jail, get out of jail free card. You don't have it. When you don't forgive somebody, you're keeping them in prison. That's just a side nugget for you. But they told them we each had a dream, the butler and baker. And there's nobody to interpret it. So here's Joseph. He's in the prison. He's got favor in the prison. He's running the prison. When Pharaoh's guys are in prison, he's the one taking care of them. See, God puts you in situations. You see that? I got to think of our rehab, right? You were in a situation. You came to Grace Church, Joyce bought you, you got saved, you went through prison, and you went through hell, (laughs) you went through a pit. But the whole time, there was a reason that we got joined together. And you always say that. You say, it's just amazing how God put us together somehow, that 10 years later, you would come into my office and say, "I have a dream," to start a rehab in Florida, and then I would become a part of that dream. You see, the same thing happens here with Joseph. God'll put you in a situation. What are you going to do? You're going to be faithful to what you do? It's because He said we ha- they said, we have a dream, but we don't have anybody to interpret it. Who's Joseph? He's the dream weaver. He dreams, he interprets dreams, dreams are his business. How many of you, you know, you're a couple and you've been through it and you've come out the other side and a couple comes up and says, we're really struggling. What do you do? You say, come on, we can help you with that. We've been there. How about some of you been healed of cancer or diseases or anything like that, and someone comes up and says, the doctor said this, and you say, you could be healed of that. How many of you have been through financial struggle, and somebody comes up and you say, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I say, I got through that. You see that? Joseph, even in his circumstances, used his gift. He recognized that this was a test from God. Right now is the time for me to continue to be faithful to my gift. Some of you forget who you are. You forget how anointed you are. You forget you got a multicolored coat on you that was dipped in the blood of Jesus. You don't deserve it, but you have it anyway. You have an anointing on you that you don't deserve, but don't deny it. It's yours. But, Pastor Cab, it's really not ours, is it? Because it's a gift. I love my pastors. They'll come up and say, hey, did you see this part of it? Did you see that part of it? Joseph goes like this. Do not interpretations belong to God. You always teach the young people that the gift is for others because it was gifted to you. Amen? Joseph said, the interpretation, the gift is from God, but he's using me to help you. So tell me the dream. Joseph, in the midst of the process, in the midst of the prison, maybe the lowest point in his life, he's helping someone. He's falsely accused. They offended somebody. He's falsely accused, yet he says, I'm going to use my gift in this situation. Some of you are like, well, I don't deserve to be where I am. Yes, you do. (laughs) None of us are guaranteed anything. We've all sinned. We all come short of the glory of God. But hallelujah, Jesus died on the cross for our sins so we could have a coat of many colors dipped in his blood. We are clothed in his righteousness. We are gifted because of what he did forever. He is glorified forever. He is lifted high. I'm done practicing for the worship team. I'll be on next week. But don't they belong to God? Tell me what it is. So they tell him the dream. And it turns out two different ways for the butler and the baker. The baker, his dream is interpreted that in three days, your head's going to get chopped off. Imagine that. Thanks a lot, Joseph. Thanks for using your gift. I really appreciate that. I'm going to kill myself because I don't want them to chop my head off. (laughs) The baker, he just must have made bad scones or bagels. They must have been really soft, not good. New York bagels, I don't know. Whatever he did, his head got chopped off. But the butler... Gets restored to Pharaoh to bring him his wine, to serve him. The butler goes home. And guess what happens? The butler forgets about Joseph. Sometimes you might feel like God has forgotten you. Did you ever feel like that? But I'm going to tell you something. Use your gift. Proverbs 18, 16. I love this verse. A man's gift makes room for him. Now, how many of you, your love language is gifts? Raise your hand high, honey. That's it? Really? Nobody, is there any guy here that likes gifts? It's your love language? Raise your hand. You're ashamed? Oh, there we go. We got one, too. All right, there's another one. Girls, get them a gift. That's the weight of their hearts. If there's a single guy to raise their hand, just get them a gift. But she loves gifts. So when I bring a gift, it makes it enlarges my territory. You know what I'm saying? It means this. It doesn't mean just a gift like that. It means what you have to offer. You can offer praise. You can offer worship. You can offer prayer. You can offer a hug. You can offer a Bible study. You can offer a helping hand with a youth. You can offer something. Yesterday we heard from a young band who has a ministry down there in Trenton called Urban Promise. He was a banker. Young man came out of the streets, became a banker. Ten years a banker. All of a sudden, he sees in Trenton the streets. We heard from young men there. One guy said there was 30 shots fired on my street yesterday. I couldn't even leave my house. We're bringing that guy in. Kenny Goldberg We talked about it. We're bringing Urban Promise here. We're going to bless them. Anyway, he says ten years. All of a sudden, God said, listen, you need to use your gift to help the urban kids. Just did it. Dropped everything. And it has made room for him. His ministry is growing, using his gift, not for monetary gain, but to enlarge his territory for the gospel. It makes room for him. There was a young man that got up there, and they asked him, why are you doing this? kid that wakes up every day, doesn't know if he's going to live or die. And he said, I'm not doing this for the money. I don't care about the money. I just want to help people. You know what? When it was all over, I walked up and I gave money. (laughs) The Lord said, give that kid money because he's doing it for no money. (laughs) That's the right attitude. The Lord said, reward that. So I did just out of I'm not telling you, I gave somebody I'm just saying that It was like, that's the attitude. That's offering a gift. That's making room for yourself. And it says it'll make room for you and it'll bring you before great men. I thought about my own life. 20 some years ago, I preached in a youth group when I was an usher, when I was a setup guy, when I set up the sound, when I volunteered to do the sound. And I ended up doing it for three straight years, bringing the sound system to my house and to the church that we had in high school three straight years. I don't want to hear nobody complaining about doing the sound or rushing, or everything. Been there, done that, but I said, I'm Joseph. I put my head down. I do what I got to do, and in due time, God will raise me up. Next thing you know, I'm preaching in the city, here and there, at this church in the city, here and there, not thinking anything, just being faithful. You ask me, okay, I'll do it. Next thing you know, start a church. Here I am preaching to you. Yesterday I preached at a March Madness conference. Tonight I'm preaching to NBA players. A man's gift will make room for him and bring him before a great man. That's how it works. But you got to be faithful in the process or you'll never make any progress. We all want instant gratification. It says where a faithful man shall abound with blessings, the next thing says, but one who tries to get it hastily will end up in ruin. That doesn't mean that God can't do it hastily. It means that your attitude should be the attitude of a faithful person. So if you're an usher, be a faithful usher. If you're a greeter, be a faithful greeter. If you're a youth leader, be a faithful youth leader. If you're on the prayer team, be a faithful prayer person. Whatever it is that you do, be faithful to be to church on time. Be faithful to give somebody a hug every week. Just be faithful because you will abound with blessings. You will make progress in the process, and you will arrive where you're supposed to be. But you don't do it because you're afraid. Because you don't trust God. You don't realize he's with you. You don't realize he loves you. Yesterday when I I was thinking about this, I was thinking about I had to preach to, it's so funny, but the devil was playing with my mind yesterday. I was the last speaker up there, and, as I was speaking, I remembered what one of the earlier speakers said, until you believe in yourself. And I realized that I had come to a point where I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe in my anointing. Like, I let the devil get in and talk me out of it. And I said, Pastor Barry, can I do an altar call? And I did an altar call for everybody that needs to believe in themselves, everybody. And I took the mic and I gave it to him. and I said, I'm going down there because I need to be in this altar call. Because... Faith without humility is like Pastor Courtney said. It's like an engine that has no transmission. You got to recognize who you are and who he is. So I said, okay, use my gift. It's God's gift. Got to trust him because as soon as you start to think it's your gift, which I must have, you realize that you'll fail. You'll fail. And you need people to uplift you. My son said, Dad, you preached great yesterday. I was like, okay, I'm done. That's all I needed was an encouraging word from my son. How I many of you know an encouraging word from one person? Just to remind you. God will send people into your life to encourage you. Wives, I'm going to tell you something right now, wives. I'm, I'm, women, look at me. What, look at my penetrating eyes right now. Listen to me, Ladies. You want your man to rise up? There is no voice that's more powerful to him than your voice. The devil used Eve to talk Adam out of heaven, out of eternal life. I'm telling you, one positive word from you ladies will change your husband's destiny, which, by the way, will change yours. Look at my penetrating eyes right now. I cannot tell you. Now listen, it's the same way, but I'm telling you, it's more that way. I don't know why. It's how God made us. But ladies, when you say something encouraging to your husband, look out. When you tell your husband he looks good, oh, my God. Really, honey? You're so strong. Really, honey? Honey. There's nothing you can't do. Really, honey? So powerful. So powerful. Because I want you to know this. If you stay faithful in the process and you make some progress, God bless you guys. See you soon. they are flying back to help people. Amen. <laughs> It's funny, people, like, if I have a visitor or something, they'll say, we have to leave early, is that okay? I'm like, yeah! No religion here. Won't make me feel bad. I'm confident in who I am. Why the heck you leaving? No, <laughs> It's okay. A lot of times we have an altar call, you know, and I'll say, hey, if you got to go, you got to go. There's No religion here. There's always things that you have to do. But if God tells you you need to stay for the altar call, you stay for the altar call. Amen. Hallelujah. But well, listen, you got to be faithful in the process because your time is coming. You, you don't know when it is, but your time is coming. You don't know when that spouse is going to walk through the church door and your little heart's going to go, a-boom, 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 a-boom. <laughs> you don't know, but your time is coming. And it better not be somebody else's spouse that walks through the door. And your heart goes, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Check! But your time is coming. It came for Joseph. Let's close up here in in, uh, Genesis chapter 41. Man, I'm getting so good. I can preach. Wow, this is longer than I thought. All right. Oh, wait, it's the clock thing. It's only quarter to twelve. All right, we're good. So Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, (laughs) and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. Did everybody hear what I just said? Quickly out of the dungeon. Say quickly. Listen, you're going through the process. You're making progress. And then quickly, God will do something for you. It happens fast. I was just getting on a train in New Brunswick. There she was. Quickly. It was was my penetrating eyes that drew you in like a Svengali. Okay. They brought him quickly out of the dungeon. And then Pharaoh said, I've had a dream that no one can interpret. Look at this Joseph. Even when he's in the ruler of the world's place, he said, It's not me. It's God. Man, this guy's attitude was the same wherever he was. I told my son, Joe, I said, I see the spirit of Joseph in you. Be faithful wherever you are, son, and God will raise you up at the right time. Use your gift. So, Joey went to Hillsong College. Today's your day, okay? Showed your penetrating eyes. I'm going to talk a little bit about you. But after this, just shut up and be faithful, okay? Um... So I said, he went to Hillsong College. Oh, Nikki's here. I haven't picked on you at all. Oh, I did earlier, you weren't here. (laughs) Um, So we sent him to Hillsong College for worship and leadership. And uh, he just so happens his roommate is the guy who does the videos for Hillsong. You know, a little Hillsong, the worldwide ministry that uses multimedia and everything that they do. That's Joe's roommate. So he comes back here and like, can you make a video or two? And next thing you know, he's making videos, videos, videos. Next thing you know, the mayor want, the mayor's here, sees our video, wants to hire him to do a video. He made the video for March Mandis. The rehab people saw him, flew him down to Florida to make a video. Now we're down there, Bishop Hilliard's down there. He says, can I have your son? Everybody's looking to take my son and his penetrating eyes. But well, listen. I tell you what, they don't penetrate me, all right, most of the time. Anyway, use his gift, stay faithful, makes room for him, understands it's not his, and then God just, okay. Joseph went from the prison to the palace. How long did it take? I didn't hear it. I didn't hear you. One day, one day. Do you know that God does things in your life in one day? Do you have any memorials in your life? See, you know what the you know what the Jews do. Us Jews, us have Jew. you know what Jews do. Back then, when something happened, something incredible happens. They don't just leave the place. They take stones and build it up. They make a memorial. Like this is where this happened. And they name the city about what happened. They remember. I have a memorial July 25th, 2000. I have a new one March 13th, 2016. because Something happened to me yesterday. I had a memorial yesterday. I'm not going to share it with you. But I did when I I went up for prayer. Okay? That's for another day, another time. Today could be your day. Today could be the day where God lifts you up in here. Lifts you up. People, a gentleman got saved this morning. Someone, I pray, will get saved here this afternoon. That's a memorial. That's a being taken from the dungeon and being put into the palace of eternity. So if you would bow your heads with me, we want to make sure that no one here lives in the dungeon of sin or is in the prison to low self-esteem or doubt about their future. Pharaoh raised Joseph up and he said to to Joseph, in the world, you are the second most powerful man. He went from prison, falsely accused, becoming the second most powerful man in the world. In one day. In one swoop. Your marriage can be healed in one day. Your financial situation could be healed in one day. Your dream, the process could make some progress in one day. Or it could come to pass in one day. Some of you have dreamed and talked but never walked. First, we're going to make sure everyone here knows Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You do it by putting your trust in Him. By having faith in Jesus' death on the cross that forever He is glorified and forever you will be glorified. So say this prayer together with me. Say, Father, I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross for my sin. His blood covers my sin. I put my faith in his sacrifice. You raised him from the dead. Raise me to a new life. I receive your son now into my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. This might be the first time you said this prayer or the fifth time, but there will be a time where it will become a memorial in your life and it will be really true that you said it you meant it. If you're not 100% sure you'll spend eternity in heaven, that prayer is for you. Every eye is closed, every head is bowed. If you said that prayer, you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Go ahead so I can see it. Go ahead, young man. Raise it up higher. Go ahead, young lady. Raise it up higher. Go ahead. Raise it up higher.